Hey y'all, and welcome back to the Chaos Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about something that is kind of taboo, not really quite polite to get into the nitty gritty of it all, but that is finances and budgeting. I know this is a topic that often can be a source of stress or anxiety for some people, and part of the reason why I wanted to make this episode is because I just don't feel like it's talked about a lot or really enough, which is what causes all the stress and anxiety around it. Especially being in this post-grad, starting my first job season of life that I'm in, there really wasn't much guidance when it came to this other than just save for retirement, which seems so silly because I'm only 23 years old, but it is very important before all the Karens come from my head. But yeah, it's always just this, you'll figure it out as you go, which I just don't think is the best source of wisdom when it comes to trying to find a budget or template to use to keep you accountable when it comes to your finances. Granted, I am not a master when it comes to anything around this topic. This is just what has worked best for me over the past six months of me being solely financed by my own earnings so I can make sure I'm using and saving my money to my best ability. But without getting too far into today's episode, let's head into today's Chaos Corner. Okay, y'all, this week has been a long, chaotic, but productive type of week. I know I've said this a thousand times, but my company is in busy season, so we're trying to wrap up projects with our client and, of course, documentation that we've been waiting on was provided later than expected so we're just trying to get everything done last minute i was working really long days probably even some days like upwards of 12 hours and when you're just sitting at a desk like staring at the computer screen for that long which to some that may seem like the easiest thing in the world it really does drain you but being gone last weekend and trying to play catch up with you all to be providing daily content, it was just a lot to try to just hop right back into. I record the last episode you'll heard on Wednesday, edit Thursday, and then upload Friday, which is something I try not to do so that way they aren't in a rush. I can really take my time with them. That's just how this week worked. I even really struggled with like going back and forth on if I should just have skipped that week because I was just so mentally exhausted from working so much. I did remind myself though that either way I was going to be exhausted by the end of the week and I would rather be exhausted by knowing that I provided and put out content for you all rather than just being exhausted from work. Because really chaos is like my happy place. Like I love putting out content for you all. I love interacting with you all daily. So I would rather be tired knowing that I got to interact with you all throughout the week rather than just like taking a whole week off. Putting out a podcast episode every week for y'all has also been a discipline I really wanted to work on this year. And so I didn't want to let this situation cause me not to because I knew if it, like another situation were to arise, I would just skip then and my discipline would be down the drain basically. So really just like having such a busy week, when I woke up Friday morning, I was so exhausted. Like I woke up thinking it was Saturday and I was so disappointed that it wasn't and I had to get up to go to work. On the weekends, I usually still set an alarm for like nine o'clock just so that way I won't like waste my day. I rarely ever need it because I do wake up so early during the week that like my body just wakes up around like 8, 8.30 when it comes to the weekends. But after I got off work on Friday, I was just so tired, so pooped. I told myself I wasn't gonna set an alarm because my body just needed some rest. And honestly, I just wasn't really too worried about it because like I said, I normally wake up on my own anyways between like eight o'clock, 8.30 at the latest. But y'all, I slept in until 10 o'clock, which I honestly can't tell you the last time I've done that. Probably sometime around quarantine when I was like staying up till 3 a.m. for no other reason other than just like binging Netflix. 
But I woke up and truly thought my clock was wrong. Like I was so thrown off the whole day. I felt like Saturday just flew by because I slept in so late, but it honestly is what my body needed. And just wanted to start this as a reminder that like, it's so important to listen to your body and allow yourself the freedom to get rest when needed. This weekend, although productive, I really was just hanging around the apartment, ran a couple of errands, planned out some stuff for chaos, but normally I would like hate these types of weekends. I would get to having a self-care weekend around two o'clock on Saturday and be over it, be calling my friends saying, let's hang out. But this weekend, I did not have that urge to do it once, which I think is truly the sign that like I needed this weekend just to relax, get caught up on rest and not feel so rushed all the time. Kind of going back to having a busy week at work, I don't know if anyone else who just started their first job struggles with this too, but I'm so tired of making little mistakes. Granted, I am a perfectionist and I always want to do my best. So when I make these little mistakes, it just like actually drives me up a wall. But even too, so, okay, I'll just take you through the whole story. So I get a compliment from my senior this week, which was so awesome. It made me feel so great and feel like I was kind of moving towards the right direction especially being like work from home and starting this job remote, it's so difficult to get a feel for how I'm doing or even how I'm doing compared to some of my coworkers or other new hires. Not necessarily in a way that like I want to be the best and like completely outshine everyone, but just to get a sense of any areas that I need to work on or improve in. Because when it's just me in my apartment, it's hard to gauge. Because when it is just me in my apartment, it's hard to gauge and get that feel of if I'm doing good or not from others. So getting that compliment from my senior like really encouraged me and made me feel better about how I've been doing so far. Well, anyways, the same senior ended up calling me that afternoon to inform me that I have been requesting the wrong documentation for probably about the past three weeks from our client, which like obviously isn't good. Okay, just in general, I don't know how just then they were able to figure out that I've been requesting the wrong things. Like this has been in constant communication between me and my whole team for like, like I said, three weeks. So I don't know how we just found out like on Friday that I was requesting the wrong stuff. And I am new. I'm still learning the ropes when it comes to this job. So I do have to give myself a little bit of grace, but the moment I got that criticism or honestly, it wasn't even criticism. Like it was just a more of a, we need to make sure we're, you know, requesting accurate information. Like my senior was very nice about it and it wasn't in a way to be demeaning or hurtful in any way. But the compliment she had given me earlier just truly went out the window in my head and I got all this doubt about like, I can't do this job. I'm going to get fired. Like this just isn't going to work. Anyways, I call my mom after work. Yes, I am 23 and still call my mom. She's my best friend. Get over it. But she told me so motherly and kindly. She just said so simply, Haley, you made a human mistake and unfortunately this will not be the last one. It really reminded me of the pressures and standards that we put on ourselves that no one else is expecting out of us. And if anything else, like the standard I put on myself is not what I expect out of others. Now, granted, it's not a bad thing to hold yourself to a high standard, but I know I struggle with holding myself to an unrealistic one. At the end of the day, if my company were to fire me for making a human mistake, it wasn't going to work with them anyways. I'm also a little bit of an extremist and think of the worst possible scenario for everything, so just go with me on that one. Now, I did learn and know that I need to be more careful and diligent when it comes to these types of things, but I also need to allow myself the freedom to make mistakes without then getting down a toxic spiral of that I'm not capable of the job I have. Anyways, the whole point of me telling this story to you all is that if you are in a new job or are struggling with something similar to this, just know you're not alone. You are doing better than you think you are. At the end of the day, your company needs you just as much as you need them. At the end of the day, the company that you work for needs you just as much as you need them. I think we often think that it's the company taking a chance on you, but really it's just 
50-50 of that you are also taking a chance on them. You are the one who just got out of the school and can go and work anywhere for anyone. You are the one who just learned the latest, newest, and most up-to-date information that they also need because, let's be real, their executives haven't been in the classroom for 40-plus years, and what they know is probably not very relevant or up-to-date with what they need to know now. So don't be afraid to walk into your job or that meeting with the confidence that you are there for a reason. Be there with an open mind and ears to learn and develop the knowledge that you need to succeed in the role, but also don't be afraid to give ideas that may be new and innovative, but could be very beneficial. If anything, that's probably why they hired you. But anyways, I hope that inspires you and motivates you to keep going and pushing in your career, school, New Year's resolutions, whatever it may be. And let's just go ahead and hop into today's episode. So there are a bunch of different formulas, theories, percentages, rules you can use to create a budget that works for your income and your lifestyle. You can Google budget templates and thousands will come up. But I think especially in the post-grad lifestyle when you're just starting out and you're making the bare minimum, it's important to remember to be flexible with what they are saying and how you utilize these different formulas or percentages with your income. If you are someone who can just fully live on 40% of your income, I'm going to be honest, not quite sure why you're listening to this episode, but that's great for you. If you're someone who doesn't cook or doesn't like to cook, so you eat out quite a bit, great. Now you may be spending more money on food than what the formula is telling you to, but hey, that's how you live and you can make it work, great. The main point I'm trying to get across is use a formula, percentage, or rule as a starting point. Don't feel like you are married to this template. Don't feel like if you can't fully function as a human being at the percentage the formula is telling you to, especially in the post-grad season, that you're this like failure and you can't utilize money correctly. Because at the end of the day, you're not. If you are able to live and save on the income that you are receiving, that's the ultimate goal. Now, the rule I'll be talking about that I just feel is the easiest one to start out on and is the one that I use when it comes to my budget template is the 50-30-20% rule. So 50% goes to your needs. This is money you have to spend every month. So this covers categories like groceries, housing, rent, utilities, insurance, car payments, gas. 30% goes to want. So that's like shopping, eating out, any type of like hobbies or extracurriculars that may cost money entertainment, like tickets to a concert or to a movie, Netflix subscription, gym membership. This is often normally a good place where you can save money for like a trip or vacation. And then 20% goes to your savings. So that's emergency fund, paying off any type of like student loans or debt, tithing, like religious offerings, 401k, which is your retirement, or like investing in stock. So going back to what I said earlier, you have to be flexible with these percentages. The way I just stated what each percentage is, is the way that if you were to Google this rule, it would come up as. But everything I just mentioned and what category they fall into is not how I put these things when it comes to my personal budget. Not in a way that I don't agree with how they have it all lined out. It's more that I am post-grad living on an entry-level paycheck. So I can't fully live on the budget scheme, but I have made it work with what I am earning. So I figured for the sake of this episode, I would tell you all a bit about how I use this formula to help navigate how much I'm spending and saving to really take ownership and utilize my paycheck to its fullest. One of the most frequent pieces of advice I've been given when it comes to my post-grad life and finances is make sure you're giving the highest percentage that your company will match in your 401k, which is actually super important. And if you can make it work, make it work. Make sure you have money for emergency fund. Think about ways to invest your money and make it work for you. And kind of just the list goes on. 
So really the main point behind all of this is to save your money, which is true. At the end of the day, I am young, single. I don't have a family where I'm having to provide for yet. And I don't want to be wasteful with my money. But I also want to fully enjoy my 20s and the season of life that I'm in. Like I don't want to not have a fun experience or not go to a cool concert or have a fun weekend with my friends because it costs too much. I do think there's this happy medium of having those fun experiences without it costing a lot of money. But I guess what I mean behind it is that I don't want money to be the deciding factor. There may be people older than me saying I'm arrogant and will soon learn that money determines everything. But I think if you keep track of your finances and think logically behind all of this, you can do both, save and enjoy your life now. So like I said, I'm going to break down how I utilize this rule in my own life and my budget template. The first thing you should know is that my health insurance and 401k come out of my paycheck before I even touch it, which is nice because then I don't necessarily have to worry about it being an extra expense, but I mean, I'm still paying for it. So if you don't hear me mention it in these type of percentages, that is why. So we're going to start off with 50%, which is my needs. This is where I put my bills and expenses that will happen every month. So for me, that's rent, water, electric, cable, Wi-Fi, kind of just those necessities I'm going to get billed for every month. My first tip is to round up when it comes to your electric or water bill. It's always nice to have more money aside and then have money left over rather than not having enough money saved for it. So I expect not to use all the money I've saved for this category, but I know that's there in case something happens and let's say my electric bill goes through the roof one month. Now, one of the things that you may notice is that I did not put groceries in this category. That's because if I were to follow the 50% rule, I can't. Like I said, I'm on an entry-level salary, and it's not that I can't afford groceries, I just can't fit it in the 50% category. When I went apartment shopping, my apartment did cost a little bit more than I wanted it to, but it had a lot more features like cover parking, a gym, pool, modern aesthetic, has really good safety features, that to me, it was worth paying the extra cost to have all those things. Also too, having a gym included in my rent allowed me not to have that extra expense later on. So yeah, that is part of the reason why I can't put groceries in this 50% category. Like I say, I also do round up when it comes to my bills. So that way I know I have the money set aside rather than having to pull money away from my savings instead. So I do put groceries in the 30% once, which I will talk about next. But I did want to say like normally when you use this rule, you would put groceries within the 50%. So 30% is my want, so things that I want or expenses I know I will have, but maybe fluctuate kind of bit and can be saved tremendously also if needed. So for me, this is groceries, gas, eating out, miscellaneous type things. So going to movies with friends, going bowling, just kind of random things that maybe isn't necessarily eating, but can cost something to do with people. So going back to the whole groceries thing, I put a good amount of money away for my groceries because, well, I like to eat. And I do my best to be conscious that I'm not being wasteful when it comes to food. But I do know that if the situation presents itself where I do need to be very conscious about how much I'm spending and really slim down in some areas, this would be the first one to do that. And that's really the whole idea behind this part of the 50-30-20 rule. This should be the area where if you have to, you can really cut the cost. So for instance, I don't have to eat out, so that would completely cut out that cost. I can slim down how much I'm using on groceries or even go to places like Aldi or Walmart rather than Target and Trader Joe's, which really Trader Joe's doesn't cost that much, but you get the whole point. And I can make sure that I'm not driving as much, which will lower down how much I use for gas. So this last 20% is savings. This is areas I want to save for emergencies, personal expenses I see in the future, really just kind of anything. So the first one is my emergency fund. This is like if a health emergency were to arise or God forbid I were to lose my job, just to kind of have those types of things covered. 
One rule of thumb that my mom has always told me, which I think is a really good piece of advice, is to try to save to where you have half of your yearly income set aside in a different account. Basically, that would give you six months to try to figure out something without changing your day-to-day life. I'm also saving money to eventually buy stock and invest. This is something I haven't actually ventured out into yet, but it is one of the biggest pieces of advice I've been given to really make your money work for you. I'm at the point where I'm saving money to do this. My goal is to hopefully start sometime this summer actually investing in stock, but I wanted to first kind of grow a cushion so that way I would have some money set aside just for whatever. My next one is I ties. I do ties 10%, which is just something I feel called to do. It is something I thought about possibly postponing for a little bit just until I had that cushion, kind of like I mentioned earlier. But at the end of the day, I just kind of felt God say to me, like, let me take charge of your finances and ultimately I trust God with my paycheck more than I trust myself. So I kind of wanted to rip the bandaid off now and really have that discipline from the start rather than trying to implement it later. Also too, a really important part of this is your money set aside for your 401k. So my company does match to a certain percentage where I put into my 401k. Also, like I mentioned earlier, it's pulled out my paycheck prior to me even seeing it. So I'm not having to worry about that being an extra expense. But if that is something your company doesn't do, make sure that you are putting money away for your retirement because you will be grateful that you did that later. So that's kind of a snapshot into my personal budget. I utilize Google Sheets, or you can even use an Excel document to kind of keep track of your spending. You can set formulas to divide out the different portions out based on the percentages or show how much money you have left over based on what you've been spending for that month. It's also great just to have that immediate visual so that way just as you're putting in your bill from your groceries or your rent or your power bill comes in, you can see the money being deducted from your monthly paycheck. Personally, I spend 30 minutes every Sunday just updating this Google Sheet. That way I can kind of see where my money's lying at, make sure I'm not going too crazy when it comes to my trips to Trader Joe's. And yeah, it just really helps keep me accountable. I also do make a new sheet or tab with the same template every month. So that way I kind of look back and reference how much I've been spending in months prior if needed. But that is all I have for today's episode. I hope that it does release some stress when it comes to this topic and maybe even gives you a good starting point for when you're trying to find a budget system that works for you. As always, if you have any questions around this topic, like either DM me on Instagram or leave a comment down below and I will do my best to get back to them. You can follow me and keep up with my day-to-day life on Instagram and TikTok. It's at Chaos with Haley. That's C-H-A-O-S with Haley, H-A-Y-L-E-E. Next week, I'm starting a whole series I'm super excited about. I don't want to give too much away, but it's going to be very practical yet still fun to listen to. Anyways, I hope you all have a great week and I will see you all next time. Bye.